We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening to this uh, recording, this next installment of my FBS College Football Breakdown, as I continue to break down all 133 teams at the FBS level. Um, this installment will be on the Duke Blue Devils, who finished 9-4 and four last season, 5-3 and three in the ACC, and exceeded expectations um, beyond wildest dreams. What anybody ever could have thought of imagined. Um, just, just an unbelievable season uh, for first-year head coach Mike Elko and what the Duke Blue Devils were able to do. Uh, and, and to be quite honest... It could possibly, it, it should continue. Uh, this is a darn good football team um, that 99% of America probably doesn't even know that they're any good. Um, everybody, of course, thinks Duke being a uh, basketball school, uh, but this, this is a heck of a football team, actually. Um, looking into uh, the program a little bit, uh, starting off with uh, their stadium, they play at Wallace Wade Stadium, uh, Brooks Field at Wallace Wade Stadium, uh, which seats 40,004, uh, of course lo- located in Durham, North Carolina, uh, tends to be a stadium that Duke can, can't fill, uh, but with how good this football team is going to be this year and last year and moving forward under Coach Elko. Uh, this is a team that uh, people should be supporting. Uh, it's, it's an old stadium, opened uh, in 1929, um, so it's been around a while. Of course, it's been renovated uh, numerous times, uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, one of those stadiums that gives you that older feel, one that I, of course, am looking forward to visiting in the future and uh, just being able to be a part of a great FBS venue. Um, now looking at a coach on the rise in the, in the Duke football program, <clears throat> there's a handful of guys you're going to pick, but I'm going to go with Jess Simpson, who is the associate head coach, uh, uh, defensive coordinator, co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach. So um, he was hired on at Duke in 2022, uh, but looking at his... Uh, coaching resume. He was a high school coach for a long time, um, beginning in 1994 and continuing until uh, 2016. Um, at the 2017 season, he took a defensive assistant position with the Atlanta Falcons, going from a high school head coach to uh, NFL assistant, um, something I have not heard of. It's a really, really cool situation. Um, then he went to Miami as assistant head coach, defensive line coach in 2018, back to the Atlanta Falcons as a defensive line coach in 2019-2020, um, goes back to Miami in 2021 as assistant head coach, defensive line coach, and of course where he's at now 
with the Duke Blue Devils. Um, obviously, that rise is is pretty phenomenal. Um, worked was a student assistant at Auburn as, as, as well uh, in '92 and '93 under some. Uh, uh, pretty darn good coaches in Pat Dye and Terry Bowden. Um, so you can go down the list of some of the great coaches he's worked with, but just uh, obviously being an not old coach, but a little bit older. Um, most of the time you think of a coach on the rise, it's somebody who's a really young coach. Um, but uh, Coach Simpson, just his rise really quickly um, through the NFL ties and in college football, um, has led to um, he could very well get his own head coaching opportunity before we know it at the college level. Um, he's done some really amazing things uh, with this Duke defense. Um, I'll get to uh, how much they improved uh, just this past season. I mean, gave up nearly 40 points per game and basically 517 yards per game in 2021 or 2022, sorry. And those numbers improved to just 22 points per game and 378 yards per game last season. And they also recovered 16 fumbles and added 10 interceptions, giving them a plus 16 turnover margin, which was second best in the country last season. Um, obviously, Coach Simpson is a part of that, and Coach Mike Elko coming in, implementing things as well. But just a tremendous rise. Uh, for Coach Simpson. Uh, looking at the 2023 schedule for Duke, um, they open up uh, on Labor Day, Monday night. They host Clemson. Big opportunity there for the Duke Blue Devils on a national stage. Then they uh, turn around quickly, play FCS Lafayette, host Northwestern, go to UConn, and then get Notre Dame uh, to conclude their non-conference slate. Then they go back into conference play and get NC State at Florida State at Louisville. Wake Forest, at North Carolina, at Virginia, and at Pitt, or, and then Pitt to end the year. Uh, the Wake Forest game is on a Thursday night. <clears throat> uh, looking at their position-by-position position breakdown, uh, quarterback Riley Leonard emerged as one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC last season and should make another jump in year two in this offense. Uh, he accounted for 33 touchdowns last year, 20 passing and 13 rushing. He threw for just under 3,000 yards, 2,967 yards, and he ran for a team high, 699 yards. Uh, the junior can do it all. Um, expect really good things from him this year as he just has another year under his belt and really understands the offense and uh, can really make the reads to uh, do what he sees and what he likes moving forward. Um, in the offense. Uh, the running back position has two seniors, uh, Jalen Coleman and Jordan Waters and junior Jaquez Moore, who split the carries. Uh, don't be surprised if they carry more of the load to protect Riley Leonard and to make sure he stays healthy. Like I said, Leonard led, led the team in rushing last year at 699 yards. I really expect that uh, Coach El Elko in the offensive staff are going to do everything they can. I mean, obviously you want to use Leonard's legs as a weapon, but uh, he doesn't need to lead the team in rushing. You need to make sure he stays healthy. So I firmly expect uh, 
the running back position that these three guys will get plenty more carries. Um, the receiving core has proven playmakers, and Jalen Calhoun had 873 yards and four touchdowns last year. Uh, Eli Pankle, and then uh, Shamir Haggins had five touchdowns, and then Jordan Moore had 656 yards and five touchdowns. And Moore made the transition from quarterback look very simple, very, very simple um, last year <clears throat> to the point where he just was a natural ride receiver out there. Some really good options for Riley Leonard to get the ball to. Um, there's questions along the offensive line as they were shorthanded in the spring. Uh, left tackle Graham Barton will play on, will play on Sundays. He's a heck of a football player. Uh, left guard Maurice McIntyre and center uh, Jacob Monk all return. Uh, but the additions of uh, Ben Hoytnick from Penn, uh, Jake Hornerbrook from Stanford, Scott Elliott from Harvard, and Jake Long from D2 Angelo State will help with depth concerns, especially Jack Hornerbrook from Stanford. He started uh, a ton of games there and comes in with a ton of experience. Then obviously you got two Ivy League guys coming in. These are guys that are going to be smart, be able to get the scheme, know what they're going to need to do uh, moving forward. Uh, looking at the defense, like I said before, this unit improved tremendously last season. Um, they were giving up basically 40 points per game and 517 yards per game in 2022. Those numbers dropped to 22 points per game and 378 yards per game last season. Then, like I said, they also recovered 16 fumbles, added 10 interceptions, giving them a plus 16 turnover margin, which was second best in the country in 2023. Um, that's how you win football games. You take care of the football and, and force turnovers, and that's exactly what this uh, Duke Blue Devils team did. Uh, the defensive line is an experienced group. This unit is led by uh, stout defensive tackle Dwayne Carter, uh, returning along with him, our defensive ends, R.J. Oben, who showed flashes of being a force last season, and Vincent Anthony Jr., <clears throat> defensive tackle, uh, Jamoyan Franklin also returns. Uh, the linebacker unit is led by former Ivy Leaguer Cam Dillon and then uh, Darian Musai. Expect Trey Freeman and Nick Morris Jr. to also step up the, at this position. Depth is a bit of a concern behind them, though. Uh, behind those four, so uh, those guys need to stay healthy. Uh, the secondary returns, cornerbacks Chandler Rivers, Joshua Pickett, and Brandon Johnson, along with safety Jalen Stinson, and the additions of cornerback uh, Miles Jones from Texas A&M <clears throat> and uh, Al Blades Jr. from Miami are, are big, big-time additions. Both have started a ton of games. Jones started 29 games at Texas A&M, and Blades started 17 games at Miami. Um, so not only do they have those returners in the secondary, now you just added two pieces that have, have multiple years worth of starting experience at a huge, at a huge level. Uh, Jones in the SEC, and then Blades, of course, at ACC full Miami. Uh, special teams, the kicking duties belong to Todd Polino and uh, Charlie Ham. Uh, after last season, it will be interesting to see how this shakes out between the two of them. Uh, punter Porter Wilson is a four-year starter and as solid as they come. Um, look for Shamir Hagen's uh, 
to really do some things in the return game. He had a punt return for a touchdown, and he can really boost this group. And looking at the final analysis, this is my opinion on the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, no one expected Mike Elko and company to win nine games last season. Um, just an absolutely tremendous coaching job uh, by him and the staff. Uh, with so much returning, another good season is on the horizon. The schedule is much tougher, though. Instead of playing the bottom of the ACC, dates with Clemson, Florida State, Notre Dame and are, are now on the schedule. So you, you, you look at their schedule now, um, playing the likes of, I mean, that first game of the year against Clemson. They play Notre Dame. they got to go to Florida State. they got to go to North Carolina. Um, just a, a lot tougher schedule this year for Duke. It set up really well for them last year, and they took – full advantage of it Um, but like I said this is like I said at the opening this is a team that the majority of football fans don't even realize how good they are this is a really good football team I'm not saying they're going to compete for the ACC title I think that is definitely set for Clemson and Florida State but I firmly believe that the likes of Duke and North Carolina are next in line in that I, I I really think Duke is that good uh, with what they have returning and the fantastic coaching that they have. I really really think that they can be <clears throat> in that upper echelon in the ACC. And moving forward, who says they can't do it um, with the fantastic job that they did last year and the great coaching that they have? Who says that it can't continue? So I, I'm on the Duke Blue Devil bandwagon this year. I uh, really, really think this is a good football team. And, and I think that for game opening night on Labor Day against Clemson, it's at Duke. Uh, it's going to be a good football game, much better than anybody would ever expect it to be. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in to this breakdown. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please like and subscribe wherever, wherever you're listening to the podcast. It's much appreciated. Uh, also, please give the podcast Twitter account a, a follow at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good night. God bless.